40, a little, and also Messer Girolamo Cusano, to whom you will commend me and offer my duty to his magnificence. Footnote, 1350, 2836, draft of a letter to Francesco Melzi, born L493 a youth therefore of about 17 in 1510. Leonardo addresses his young friend as, Messer, as being the son of a noble house. Melzi practiced art under Leonardo as a dilettante and not as a pupil, like Cesar de Sesto and others Celia Ramoliathif. Diablery and N.C. Page 476. Drafts of the letter to Giuliano de Medici 1351-1352. 135L. Most illustrious lord, I greatly rejoice most illustrious lord at your. I was so greatly rejoiced, most illustrious lord, by the desired restoration of your health that it almost had the effect that my own health recovered I have got through my illness my own illness left me of your excellency's almost restored health, but I am extremely vexed that I have not been able completely to satisfy the wishes of your excellency, by reason of the wickedness of that deceiver, for whom I left nothing and done which could be done for him by me and by which I might be of use to him, and in the first place his allowances were paid to him before the time, which I believe he would willingly deny. If I had not the writing signed by myself and the interpreter, and I seeing that he did not work for me unless he had no work to do for others, which he was very careful in soliciting, invited him to dine with me, and to work afterwards near me, because, besides the saving of expense, he footnote 1351, 1353, it is clear from the contents of this notes that they refer to Leonardo's residence in Rome in 1513-1515. Nor can there be any doubt that they were addressed to Leonardo's patron at the time, Giuliano di Medici, third son of Lorenzo the Magnificent and brother of Pope Leo X born 1478. In 1512 he became the head of the Florentine Republic. The Pope invited him to Rome, where he settled. In 1513 he was named patrician with much splendid ceremonial. The medal struck in honor of the event bears the words mag. Idealian. Medics. Leonardo to uses the style, Magnifico, in his letter. Compare also number 1377, Gnosia Ppo Storia della Repubblica di Firenze, volume III, page 139 thus describes the character of Giuliano di Medici, who died in 1516, Iriel della Famiglia, di Vita Placida, Gran Spenditor, Tenendo Intorno Southeast Uomini in Gegnosi, Ed Ogni Nuova Cosa Vola de Pruvere. C to GRGROVIUS, Jeskitch de der Stady Rom, VIII book XIV, III, 2, die Luftschlosser first Litcher Gross, Welsh in der Pepst Hetter Ben Wallen Zerophilen, Julian Ward der Adelstaller de Maligen Medici, I mensch von Innerlicher Richtung, and befrieded Dirch das Leben, Mitten I am son and Blanche der Herrliche Leos X ein Dinkel Gestalt by Weinschotten for Ubeschug, Giuliano lived in the Vatican. And it may be safely inferred from number 1352 liters 2, and number 1353 liters 4, that Leonardo did the same, from the following and published notice in the Vatican Archives, which M. Hugh, Muntz, librarian of the Ecole de Beaux-Arts, Paris, has done me the favor to communicate to me. We get a more accurate view of Leonardo's relation to the author named Giorgio Tedesco, noted del Provisione Sica di Apidere in Nome del Nostro Hill. S. Bernardo Bini e Ciampa di Roma, e Prima della Ilma Sua Chonsordogni Nisei di 800, Aldu di Avinci Plur Sua Provisioni di XXXII, 
EPIUDDIIL DETO POR LA PROVISIONE DI GIORGIO TEDESCIO, CHE SOMO IN TUTO DI FORTI. From this we learn, that seven ducats form the Germans' monthly wages, but according to number 1353 leader 7 he pretended that eight ducats had been agreed upon, would acquire the Italian language, he always promised, but would never do so, and this I did also, because that Giovanni, the German who makes the mirrors, was there always in the workshop, and wanted to see and to know all that was being done there and made it known outside, strongly criticizing it, and because he dined with those of the Pope's guard, and then they went out with guns killing birds among the ruins, and this went on from after dinner till the evening, and when I sent Lorenzo to urge him to work he said that he would not have so many masters over him, and that his work was for your excellency's wardrobe, and thus two months passed and so it went on, and one day finding Giannicolo of the wardrobe and asking whether the German had finished the work for your magnificence, he told me this was not true, but only that he had given him two guns to clean. Afterwards, when I had urged him farther, he left the workshop and began to work in his room, and lost much time in making another pair of pincers and files and other tools with screws, and there he worked at mills for twisting silk which he had when any one of my people went in and with a thousand oaths and mutterings, so that none of them would go there any more. I was so greatly rejoiced, most illustrious lord, by the desired restoration of your health, that my own illness almost left me. But I am greatly vexed at not having been able to completely satisfy your excellency's wishes by reason of the wickedness of that German deceiver, for whom I left nothing and done by which I could have hoped to please him, and secondly I invited him to lodge and board with me, by which means I should constantly say the work he was doing and with greater ease correct his errors while, besides this, he would learn the Italian tongue, by means of which he could with more ease talk without an interpreter, his monies were always given him in advance of the time when due. Afterwards he wanted to have the models finished in wood, just as they were to be in iron, and wished to carry them away to his own country. But this I refused him, telling him that I would give him, in drawing, the breadth, length, height and form of what he had to do, and so we remained in ill will. The next thing was that he made himself another workshop and pincers and tools in his room where he slept, and there he worked for others. Afterwards he went to dine with the Swiss of the guard, where there are idle fellows, in which he beat them all, and most times they went two or three together with guns, to shoot birds among the ruins, and this went on till evening. At last I found how this master Giovanni the mirror maker was he who had done it all, for two reasons, the first because he had said that my coming here had deprived him of the countenance and favor of your lordship which always. The other is that he said that his iron workers' rooms suited him for working at his mirrors, and of this he gave proof, for besides making him my enemy, he made him sell all he had and leave his workshop to him, where he works with a number of workmen making numerous mirrors to send to the fairs. 1352. I was so greatly rejoiced, most illustrious lord, by the wished for recovery of your health, that my own ills have almost left me, and I say God be praised for it. But it vexes me greatly that I have not been able completely to satisfy your excellency's wishes by reason of the wickedness of that German deceiver, for whom I left nothing and done by which I could hope to please him, and secondly I invited him to lodge and board with me, by which means I should see constantly the work he was doing, for which purpose I would have a table fixed at the foot of one of these windows, where he could work with the file and finish the things made below, 
and so I should constantly see the work he might do, and it could be corrected with greater ease. Draft of letter written at Rome, 1353. Bisseter hindered me in anatomy, blaming it before the Pope, and likewise at the hospital, and he has filled this whole Belvedere with workshops for mirrors, and he did the same thing in Maestro Giorgio's room. He said that he had been promised eight ducats every month, beginning with the first day, when he set out, or at latest when he spoke with you, and that you agreed, seeing that he seldom stayed in the workshop, and that he ate a great deal. I sent him word that, if he liked I could deal with him separately for each thing that he might make, and would give him what we might agree to be a fair valuation. He took counsel with his neighbor and gave up his room, selling everything, and went to find, Miscellaneous Records 1354, 1355, 1354, footnote, a puzzling passage, meant, as it would seem, for a jest, compare the description of giants in Dandy, INF, XXI and XXII, perhaps Leonardo had the giant Antaeus in his mind, of him the myth relates that he was a son of J, that he fed on lions, that he hunted in Libya and killed the inhabitants. He enjoyed the peculiarity of renewing his strength whenever he fell and came in contact with his mother Earth, but that Hercules lifted him up and so conquered and strangled him. Lucan gives a full account of the struggle. Pharsalia IV. 617. The reading of this passage, which is very indistinctly written, is in many places doubtful. Dear Benedetto di Pertardi, when the proud giant fell because of the bloody and miry state of the ground it was as though a mountain had fallen so that the country shook as with an earthquake, and terror fell on Pluto in hell. From the violence of the shock he lay as stunned on the level ground. Suddenly the people, seeing him as one killed by a thunderbolt, turned back, like ants running wildly over the body of the fallen oak. So these rushing over his ample limbs, them with frequent wounds, by which, the giant being roused and feeling himself almost covered by the multitude, he suddenly perceives the smarting of the stabs, and sent forth the roar which sounded like a terrific clap of thunder, and placing his hands on the ground he raised his terrible face, and having lifted one hand to his head he found it full of men and rabble sticking to it like the minute creatures which not, and frequently are found there, wherefore with a shake of his head he sends the men flying through the air just as hail does when driven by the fury of the winds. Many of these men were found to be dead, stamping with his feet, and clinging to his hair, and striving to hide in it. They behaved like sailors in a storm, who run up the ropes to lessen the force of the wine by taking in sail. News of things from the east. Be it known to you that in the month of June there appeared a giant, who came from the Libyan desert, mad with rage like ants, struck down by the rude. This great giant was born in Mount Atlas and was a hero and had to fight against the Egyptians and Arabs, Medes and Persians. He lived in the sea on whales, grampuses and ships. Mars fearing for his life took refuge under the, of Jove, and at the great fall it seemed as though the whole province quaked. 1355. This spirit returns to the brain whence it had departed, with a loud voice and with these words, it moved, and if any man know he may have wisdom or goodness. Footnote, this passage, very difficult to decipher is on the reverse of a drawing at Windsor, place CXXII, which possibly has some connection with it. The drawing is slightly reduced in this reproduction, the original being 25 centimeters high by 19 centimeters wide. O blessed and happy spirit whence comest thou? Well have I known this man, much against my will, 
this one is a receptacle of villainy, he is a perfect heap of the utmost ingratitude combined with every vice. But of what use is it to fatigue myself with vain words? Nothing is to be found in them but every form of sin, and if there should be found among them any that possesses any good, they will not be treated differently to myself by other men, and in fine, I come to the conclusion that it is bad if they are hostile, and worse if they are friendly. Miscellaneous Drafts of Letters and Personal Records 1356-1368-1356 All the ills that are or ever were, if they could be set to work by him, would not satisfy the desires of his iniquitous soul, and I could not in any length of time describe his nature to you. But I conclude, 1357, I know one who, having promised me much, less than my due, being disappointed of his presumptuous desires, has tried to deprive me of all my friends, and as he has found them wise and not pliable to his will, he has menaced me that, having found means of denouncing me, he would deprive me of my benefactors. Hence I have informed your lordship of this, to the end that this man who wishes to sow the usual scandals, may find no soil fit for sowing the thoughts and deeds of his evil nature so that he, trying to make your lordship, the instrument of his iniquitous and malicious nature may be disappointed of his desire. 1358. Footnote, below this text we read thus the no justino and in another passage on the same page Justin is quoted number 1210. 1. 48. The two have however no real connection. And in this case I know that I shall make few enemies seeing that no one will believe what I can say of him, for they are but few whom his vices have disgusted and he only dislikes those men whose natures are contrary to those vices, and many hate their fathers, and break off friendship with those who reprove their vices, and he will not permit any examples against them, nor any advice. If you meet with anyone who is virtuous do not drive him from you, do him honor, so that he may not have to flee from you and be reduced to hiding in hermitages, or caves or other solitary places to escape from your treachery, if there is such an one among you do him honor for these are our saints upon earth, these are they who deserve statues from us, and images, but remember that their images are not to be eaten by you, as is still done in some parts of India footnote 15, in explanation of this passage I have received the following communication from Dr. G. W. Leitner of Lahore, so far as Indian customs are known to us, this practice spoken of by Leonardo as still existing in some parts of India is perfectly unknown, and it is equally opposed to the spirit of Hinduism, Mohammedanism and Sikhism, in central fig at the ashes of the dead, when burnt, are mixed with dough, and small figures usually of Buddha are stamped out of them and some are laid in the grave while others are distributed among the relations, the custom spoken of by Leonardo may have prevailed there but I never heard of it, possibly Leonardo refers here to customs of nations of America, where, when the images have according to them, performed some miracle, the priests cut them in pieces, being of wood, and give them to all the people of the country, not without payment, and each one grates his portion very fine, and puts it upon the first food he eats, and thus believes that by faith he has eaten his saint who then preserves him from all perils. What do you think here, man, of your own species? Are you so wise as you believe yourselves to be? Are these things to be done by men? 1359. As I told you in past days. You know that I am without any. Francesco D'Antonio. Bernardo di Maestro Giacopo. 1360. Tell me how the things happened. 1361. 
J. Lorzo 2 in Viadoli 3 in Ferry D4 in Lorzo 5 in Obil 6 in Acocadu 7 Por La Cella 8 Colt Delor 9 V. Cavalot I 0 L. Y. A. D. I. L. I. 2 A. Lorz 13 in Viata 14 in Ferry 15 Abus 16 in Vibe 17 A. Lorz Footnote, this seems to be the beginning of a letter, but only the first words of the lines have been preserved, the leaf being torn down the middle. No translation is possible. 1362. And so may it please our great author that I may demonstrate the nature of man and his customs, in the way I described his figure. 1363. This writing distinctly about the kite seems to be my destiny, because among the first recollections of my infancy, it seemed to me that, as I was in my cradle, a kite came to me and opened my mouth with its tail, and struck me several times with its tail inside my lips. 1364. When I did well, as a boy you used to put me in prison. Now if I do it being grown up, you will do worse to me. 1365. Tell me if anything was ever done. 1366. Tell me if ever I did a thing which me. 1367. Do not reveal. If liberty is precious to you, my face is the prison of love. 1368. Maestro Leonardo Florence. Footnote. So Leonardo writes his name on a sheet with sundry short notes, evidently to try a pen. Compare the signature with those in NOS. 1341, 1348 and 1374 see also number 1346. L33. The form du does not occur in the autographs. The portrait of the master in the Royal Library at Turin, which is reproduced slightly diminished on place I has in the original two lines of writing underneath. One in red chalk of two or three words is partly effaced, or you honor do it. LM or lie. The second written in pencil is as follows, that odalwisteso si vecchio. In both of these the writing is very like the masters, but is certainly only an imitation. Notes bearing dates 1369-1378-1369. The day of Santa Maria della Nade of the snows August the 2nd 1473. Footnote, W1. I-1368. 1369. This date is on a drawing of a rocky landscape. See Chronique de Arts 1881 number 23, Leonard de Vinci at Tiel 5 out 1473, letter by H.G.D. Muller. The next following date in the NSS, is 1478 see number 663, 1470. On the 2nd of April 1489, book entitled of the human figure. Footnote, while the letters in the Ms. Notes of 1473 and 1478 are very ornate, this note and the texts on anatomy on the same sheet for instance number 805 were in the same simple hand as we see on place CXVI and CXIX. Note 1370 is the only dated note of the years between 1480 and 1489, and the characters are in all essential points identical with those that we see in the latest manuscripts written in France compare the facsimiles on place CXV and page 254, so that it is hardly possible to determine exactly the date of a manuscript from the style of the handwriting, if it does not betray the peculiarities of style as displayed in the few notes dated previous to L480. Compare the facsimile of the manuscripts 1479 on number 2 Number 664. Note. Volume. I page 346. This shows already a marked simplicity as compared with the calligraphy of I 478. The text number 720 belongs to the year 1490, number 1510 to the year 1492, number 1459. 
number 1384 and number 1460 to the year 1493, number 1463, number 1517, number 1024, 1025 and 1461 to the year 1494, NOS, 1523 and 1524 to the year 1497, 1371, on the 1st of August 1499, I wrote here of motion and of weight, footnote colon 1371, Scrisike, Leonardo does not say where, still we may assume that it was not in Milan, Amoretti writes, Memori Storici, Chap, XIX, Sembra Prudento Chain Monel 1499 Monel 1500, Dopo il Ritorno e la Prigione del Duca, S.I.A.D.A. Partito Leonor du Parandere Firenze, Edi Quindi Probabile, Chimisi di Governo Lovo e Inserto Abia Passapi Colomico Suo Francesco Melzi Abaprio, of Meglio Che Altro Studiar Potiolinatra, E. Sopretta Iliac, Ilida Specialmente, Che Giaristato Logito del Suidrostatish Research, at that time Melzi was only six years of age, the next date is 1502, to this year belong number 1034, 1040, 1042, 1048 and 1053, the note number 1525 belongs to the year 1503, 1372, on the 9th of July 1504, Wednesday, at 7 o'clock, died Sir Piero di Avinci, notary at the Palazzo del Podesta, my father, at 7 o'clock, being 80 years old, leaving behind 10 sons and 2 daughters, footnote, this statement of Sir Piero's age contradicts that of the Riacito della Porta di Antonio di Avinci Leonardo's grandfather, who speaks of Sir Piero as being 30 years old in 1457, and that of the Riacito della Porta di Sir Piero e Francesco, sons of Antonio di Avinci, where Sir Piero is mentioned as being 40 in 1469. These documents were published by Guzzi Research in Torno LDA Vinci, Firenze, 1872, pages 144 and 146. Leonardo was, as is well known, a natural son. His mother Locabarina was married in 1457 to a di Piero del Vaca di Vinci. She died in 1519. Leonardo never mentions her in the manuscripts. In the year of Leonardo's birth Sir Piero married Alberti di Giovanni Amadosi, and after her death at the age of 38 he again married, Francesca, daughter of Sir Giovanni Lanfredi, then only 15, their children were Leonardo's half-brothers, Antonio B. 1476, Sir Giuliano B. 1479, Lorenzo B. 1484, a girl, Violante B. 1485, and Domenico's descendants still exist as a family. Sir Piero married for the third time Lucrezia di Guglielmo Cortegani by whom he had six children, Margherita B. 1491, Benedetto B. 1492, Pandolfo B. 1494, Guglielmo B. 1496, Bartolomeo B. 1497, and Giovanni date of birth unknown. Pierino di Avinci the sculptor about 1520-1554 was the son of Bartolomeo the fifth of these children. The dates of their deaths are not known, but we may infer from the above passage that they were all still living in 1505-1373. On Wednesday at 7 o'clock died Sir Piero di Avinci on the 9th of July 1504. Footnote, this and the previous text it may be remarked are the only mention made by Leonardo of his father, N.O.S. 1526. 
1527 and number 1463 are of the year 1504-1374, begun by me, Leonardo da Vinci, on the LTTH of July 1505, footnote, thus he writes on the first page of the NS, the title is on the foregoing cover sheet as follows, Libro Tito Leto di Straformazione Cosio d'un Corpo Envian in an Altro Sansa Diminutione e Crescimento di Materia, 1375. Begun at Milan on the LTTH of September 1508. Footnote, number 1528 and number 1529 belong to the same year. The text volume I number 4 belongs to the following year 1509-1508 old style, so also does number 1009, NOS, 1022, 1057 and 1464 belong to 1511, 1376, on the 9th of January 1513. 1377, the Magnifical Giuliano di Medici left Rome on the 9th of January 1515, just at daybreak, to take a wife in Savoy, and on the same day fell the death of the King of France. Footnote, Giuliano di Medici, brother to Pope Leo X, see note to NOS, 1351-1353, in February, 1515, he was married to Philibert, daughter of Filippo, Duke of Savoy and and to Francis I. Louis XII's successor on the throne of France. Louis XII died on January 1st, and not on January 9th as is here stated. This edition is written in pale ink and evidently at a later date. 1378. On the 24th of June, St. John's Day, 1518 at Amboise, in the palace of XXII. Miscellaneous notes. The incidental memoranda scattered here and there throughout the NSS can have been for the most part intelligible to the writer only, in many cases their meaning and connection are all the more obscure because we are in ignorance about the persons with whom Leonardo used to converse nor can we say what part he may have played in the various events of his time. Vasari and other early biographers give us a very superficial and far from accurate picture of Leonardo's private life, though his own memoranda, referring for the most part to incidents of no permanent interest do not go far towards supplying this deficiency. They are nevertheless of some importance and interest as helping us to solve the numerous mysteries in which the history of Leonardo's long life remains involved. We may at any rate assume, from Leonardo's having committed to paper notes on more or less trivial matters on his pupils, on his housekeeping, on various known and unknown personages, and a hundred other trifies that at the time they must have been in some way important to him. I have endeavored to make these miscellaneous notes as complete as possible, for in many cases an incidental memorandum will help to explain the meaning of some other note of a similar kind. The first portion of these notes NOS, L379-L457, as well as those referring to his pupils and to other artists and artificers who lived in his house 1458-1468, are arranged in chronological order. A considerable proportion of these notes belong to the period between 1490 and 1500, when Leonardo was living at Milan under the patronage of Lodovico I. El Moro, a time concerning which we have otherwise only very scanty information. If Leonardo did really as has always been supposed, spend also the greater part of the preceding decade in Milan, it seems hardly likely that we should not find a single note indicative of the fact, or referring to any event of that period. On the numerous loose leaves in his writing that exist, Leonardo's life in Milan between 1489 and 1500 must have been comparatively uneventful. The NSS, 
and memoranda of those years seem to prove that it was a tranquil period of intellectual and artistic labor rather than a bustling court life. Whatever may have been the fate of the NSS, and notebooks of the foregoing years whether they were destroyed by Leonardo himself or have been lost it is certainly strange that nothing whatever exists to inform us as to his life and doings in Milan earlier than the consecutive series of manuscripts which begin in the year 1489. There is nothing surprising in the fact that the notes regarding his pupils are few and meager, excepting for the record of money transactions only very exceptional circumstances would have prompted him to make any written observations on the persons with whom he was in daily intercourse, among whom, of course, were his pupils, of them all none is so frequently mentioned as Salai. But the character of the notes does not as it seems to me justify us in supposing that he was anything more than a sort of factotum of Leonardo's C1519. Note. Leonardo's quotations from books and his lists of titles supply nothing more than a hint as to his occasional literary studies or recreations. It was evidently no part of his ambition to be deeply read CNRS. 10. 11. 1159 and he more than once expressly states in various passages which will be found in the foregoing sections that he did not recognize the authority of the ancients, on scientific questions, which in his day was held paramount, Archimedes is the sole exception, and Leonardo frankly owns his admiration for the illustrious Greek to whose genius his own was so much akin see number 1476, all his notes on various authors excepting those which have already been inserted in the previous section, have been arranged alphabetically for the sake of convenience 1469-1508. The passages next in order contain accounts and inventories principally of household property. The publication of these often very trivial entries is only justifiable as proving that the wealth, the splendid mode of life and lavish expenditure which have been attributed to Leonardo are altogether mythical unless we put forward the very improbable hypothesis that these notes as to money in hand, outlay and receipts, refer throughout to an exceptional state of his affairs, viz., when he was short of money, the memoranda collected at the end number 1505-1565 were, in the original, in the usual writing, from left to right, besides, the style of the handwriting is at variance with what we should expect it to be, if really Leonardo himself had written these notes, most of them are to be found in juxtaposition with undoubtedly authentic writing of his, but this may be easily explained, if we take into account the fact, that Leonardo frequently wrote on loose sheets, he may therefore have occasionally used paper on which others had made short memoranda, for the most part as it would seem, for his use, at the end of all I have given Leonardo's will from the copy of it preserved in the Melzi library, it has already been printed by Amoretti and by Uzielli. It is not known what has become of the original document. Memoranda before 1513 79 liters 413. 1379. Find Lomdi and tell him that you wait for him at Rome and will go with him to Naples, make you pay the donation and take the book by the Tolone. And the measurements of the public buildings, have two covered boxes made to be carried on mules, but bed covers will be best, this makes three, of which you will leave one at Vinci. Obtain the from Giovanni Lombardo the linen draper of Verona, my handkerchiefs and towels, and shoes, four pairs of hose, a jerkin of, and skins, to make new ones, the lake of Alessandro, footnote, seven and full, it would seem from the text that Leonardo intended to have instructions in painting on paper, it is hardly necessary to point out that the art of illuminating was quite separate from that of painting, 
sell what you cannot take with you. Get from Jean de Paris the method of painting in temper and the way of making white footnote, the mysterious looking words, quite distinctly written, in line 1, in Gaul, Amore Lopana and on line 2, in Oidenot L were obviously in cipher and the solution is a simple one, by reading them backwards we find for Ingol, Logni probably Longit, evidently the name of a person, for Amore, Arona, for Ilopane, Anapoli. Leonardo has done the same in two passages treating on some secrets of his art NOS. 641 and 729. The only other places in which we find this cipher employed, we may therefore conclude that it was for the sake of secrecy that he used it. There can be no doubt, from the tenor of this passage, that Leonardo projected a secret excursion to Naples. Nothing has hitherto been known of this journey, but the significance of the passage will be easily understood by a reference to the following notes, from which we may infer that Leonardo really had at the time plans for traveling further than Naples. From lines 3, 4 and 7 it is evident that he purposed, after selling everything that was not easily portable, to leave a chest in the care of his relations at Vinci. His luggage was to be packed into two trunks especially adapted for transport by mules. The exact meaning of many sentences in the following notes must necessarily remain obscure. These brief remarks on small and irrelevant affairs and so forth were however of no historical value. The notes referring to the preparations for his journey are more intelligible. Salt, and how to make tinted paper, sheets of paper folded up, and his box of colors, learn to work flesh colors in tempera. Learn to dissolve them black, linseed, white, of the garlic of Piacenza, take de Pondrebus, take the works of Leonardo of Cremona, remove the small furnace, seed of lilies and of, sell the boards of the support, make him who stole it, give you the, learn leveling and how much soil a man can dig out in a day, 1380, this was done by Leon in the piazza of the castle with a chain and an arrow, 1381, names of engineers, Kellias of Rhodes, Epimachus the Athenian, Diogenes, a philosopher, of Rhodes, Chalcedonis of Thrace, Thabar of Tyre, Calimachus the architect, a master of fires, footnote, Calias, architect of Ardus, mentioned by Vitruvius X16, 5, Epimachus, of Athens, invented a battering engine for Demetrius Poliorchus Vitruvius X16, 4, Calimachus, the inventor of the Corinthian capital Vitra, IV, I-9, and of the method of boring marble pose, I-26, 7, was also famous for his casts in bronze plin, XXXIV, 8, 19, he invented a lamp for the temple of Athene Polyas, on, 